Welcome back. We're using passages from Isaiah to dig deeper into the challenging concept of the triune God. Let's get back to it now. Here's George. So we're going to look now at the Jewish Publication Society 1917 translation of the Old Testament, and specifically at Isaiah 48, starting in verse 11. And this is how the Jewish translation reads. For mine own sake, for mine own sake, will I do it. For how should it be profaned? And my glory will I not give to another. Hearken unto me, O Jacob, and Israel my called. I am he. I am the first. I am also the last. Yea, my hand hath laid the foundation of the earth, and my right hand hath spread out the heavens. When I call unto them, they stand up together. Assemble yourselves, all ye, and hear, which among them has declared these things. Him who Hashem loveth shall perform his pleasure on Babylon, and show his arm on the Chaldeans. I, even I, have spoken, yea, I have called him, I have brought him, and he shall make his way prosperous. Come ye near unto me, hear ye this. From the beginning I have not spoken in secret. From the time that it was, there am I. And now the Lord God hath sent me, and his Spirit. Thus saith Hashem, thy Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, I am Hashem, thy God, who teacheth thee for thy profit, who leadeth thee by the way that thou shouldest go. Now note everywhere that Hashem is said, and that there is Lord, or God, or God, you can't see it, but it has a dash in it in the Publication Society's version, it represents the Hebrew name for God. Let's open up the scripture to see what revelations this contains. First, verses 11 through 13 are God declaring himself and his authority. Isaiah 48, God declares himself and his authority. He makes it very clear that he is the one speaking through the mouth of Isaiah. He is the first and the last. He will not give his glory to another. He laid the foundations of the earth, and he spread out the heavens. They all obey him. In verses 14 and 15, he speaks of how someone that he loves will perform his will against the Babylonians and the Chaldeans. The specifics of that are not my focus right now. Now, hear verse 16 again. Come ye near unto me, hear ye this. From the beginning I have not spoken in secret. From the time that it was, there am I. And now the Lord God has sent me and his spirit. God says, come ye near unto me and hear ye this. And he declares, first, he has not spoken in secret even from the beginning, though his listeners might not have been paying attention. And two, he has been there all along as God. And then Isaiah says, And now the Lord God hath sent me, that is Isaiah, and his spirit. Which either means that God and his spirit sent Isaiah, or God sent Isaiah and God's spirit. Finally, Isaiah concludes in verse 17, Thus saith Hashem, Hashem, by the way, is another way of saying God, 
Thus saith Hashem, thy Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, I am Hashem thy God, who teacheth thee for thy profit, who leadeth thee by the way that thou shouldest go. No matter how you read this, God and God's Spirit are differentiated. They are two. There is even the possible reading of a third presence here, thy Redeemer. And if you look at the printed version of this, you'll see that the capitalization that's quoted is from the original JPS text. Hebrew has no upper or lower case letters, so the capitalization was added in the Jewish Publication Society English to help understand the references in the Hebrew, in the Hebrew grammar. In other words, God said, what there is to be revealed about myself has been revealed. It's there. It hasn't been a secret. You may not have seen it. You may not have had the eyes to see it, but it's there. Now hold all of this in mind for a moment. He has declared, I am he. I am the first. I am the last. Surely my hand founded the earth and my right hand spread out the heavens. That echoes John 1 again. Through him all things were created. Through the second person of the Godhead, the Redeemer, all things were created. And in Revelation 21, Jesus says, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. It is the same speaker with the same message of redemption that came through the lips of Isaiah speaking on behalf of the Lord some 700 years before Jesus was born. In fact, Jesus' very name is a compound of Yahweh and saves Yeshua, the Hebrew version of Jesus' name, Yehoshua, actually, in the original Yeshua as an abbreviation, a nickname, a compound of Yahweh and saves I trust this is eye-opening and heartwarming. Finally, I want to look at concept, at our concept of Trinity, our concept of God. And here, here's the issue. We have concepts about God which more or less reflect or don't reflect the actual internal nature of God. And let me explain what I mean by this. And this is where I'm talking about concept and ontology and Freddy. Ultimately, the Trinity is going to remain a mystery to us. What we know and what we understand about it is only what God has revealed. As he opens our eyes to see more, we may see more. Ultimately, the deepest, deepest, deepest truth of the Trinity is something that human minds will never, can never understand, any more than our little dog, Freddy, can understand our family. Now, I don't mean to trivialize this, but I believe this parallel will help our comprehension of the Trinity and the little bit that we understand of it, but also why the Godhead must remain fundamentally opaque to us. It should temper our hubris, our pride. As much as Freddy the dog loves each of the people in our family, he does not even slightly comprehend 
the relationship between my wife and me or between me and my sons. He knows we love each other like a pack. He knows we all treat him with love. He knows we are different from each other. My wife is the one that really dotes on him and gives him affection, and he just loves to be with her. My eldest son takes care of him at night after everyone else is in bed. My youngest son is his buddy and teases him about squirrels and other dogs. As for me, I'm the father, the alpha dog, the master. Freddy can be a block away and everybody else can be calling, come on, Freddy, come on, Freddy, and they'll get nothing. Fred will be too interested in something or other, and he will ignore their pleas. But I can shout, Fred, just once. And it doesn't matter where he is or what he is doing. When he hears my voice, he returns instantly. Fred, like all dogs, gets this concept of the master's voice better than we do. A dog comes running when his master calls, but humans tend just to ignore or pretend they don't hear. Part of the whole point of it all is that when our master calls, we ought to do as dogs do, come running. Fred could write a theology of the four persons of the family, and it would be accurate as far as Fred could understand it. The master, the one who dotes, the caregiver at night, and the buddy. He would not understand, ultimately, what the relationship among the four of us actually is. It is above his pay grade, beyond his understanding, outside of his ability to comprehend. He gets love, attention, care, food, and direction from us. And he guards us when he perceives a threat or imagines one. Theologians take note. And he lives with us in love. But he cannot know what is beyond his dog's mind's ability to know. So it is with us and the Godhead. Both testaments are replete with references to God that reflect enormous complexity and diversity and numerous assertions and implications of activities and of living beings present in the Godhead beyond only one, yet affirming one God. Christians assert that the correct number within the one God is three, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Even if we are exactly right about that number, the actual content of the Godhead is still above our pay grade, beyond our understanding, outside of our ability to comprehend. We cannot know what is beyond a human mind's ability to know. We will come back to this and Trinity and concept and ontology next time when we gather again. Please come back. Well, thank you, George. And uh, pass along our thanks to Freddie as well for being so helpful in advancing our understanding of why the Trinity can be so hard for us humans to comprehend. Great insight. The book What We Believe and Why is available at the website whatwebelieveandwhy.com and you can get your copy there, follow along, move ahead, review different portions, whatever helps you the most. We hope you'll join us next time for another edition of What We Believe and Why.